J. Guru Dave. Registration is now open for Tom's 2024 Australian tour. Once again, Tom will be giving knowledge sessions and group meditations, as well as a four-night, five-day rounding retreat in Jeringong. If you haven't learned Vedic meditation yet, Tom will be teaching Vedic meditation while in Sydney, as well as advanced techniques to those who have already learned Vedic meditation. Tom's Australia tour runs from June 6th to the 30th, and you can find out more at tomknowles.com slash Australia. Sahana vavatu, sahana bhunaktu, sahaviryam karavahavahai, tejasvinavatitamastu, navidvishavahai. I'm often asked by people, you use the word consciousness so much. What is consciousness actually? Well, it would be a little bit like trying to ask what is electricity or what is fire? Consciousness is, in fact, both according to the most successful science of the modern era, quantum mechanics, and according to Vedic science. Consciousness is the fundamental existential truth of the known universe. Consciousness is being that is aware of itself. Consciousness is the fundamental capability to know, to have means of gaining knowledge, knowing, and to form a view about that which exists, that is to say, the known. In its most fundamental state, consciousness is the knower. Consciousness is the process of knowing. Consciousness is that which is known. There is a baseline of consciousness or being, a transcendental, that means beyond all relativity, a transcendental absolute state in which consciousness is the knower, Consciousness is the means of gaining knowledge, the knowing. Consciousness is the known. This state of three and one is consciousness in its most fundamental form. And that fundamental form, quantum mechanics tells us that there is not yet such a thing as a form or a phenomenon. There are no particles and there are no phenomena. There are no forces. We live in a universe that is a response to conscious intentionality and inquiry. Consciousness is the basis on which the physical universe comes into being. So the physical universe, all of its forms, all of its phenomena, all of its individualities, all of its traits, all of its movements, all of its creation, all of its maintenance, its dissolution, disintegration, or destruction, coming back onto creation, coming back onto maintenance cyclically like that. All of this comes out of and issues forth from 
that fundamental field of consciousness. But consciousness is basically the thing that makes relevant the existence of the universe. Contemplate this for a moment. Supposing the entire physical universe as we know it existed, but nothing in it was conscious. What relevance would it have if there was no consciousness whatsoever, but the universe itself as we know it, planets, suns, moons, solar systems, galaxies, clusters of galaxies, all of that, black holes, everything that we know exists. What relevance would it have that it existed if consciousness did not exist? Well, it would have no relevance. That's the answer to the rhetorical question. It would have no relevance. So consciousness is that that makes existence relevant. Without consciousness, there is no relevance in existence. Now we're getting into something deeply philosophical, but I think you can see where I'm going. Consciousness is a thing that we can have in certain grades. More consciousness means you can fit a larger number of items into one awareness. A larger number of items can be in one awareness. The capability to be aware of a larger number of forms and phenomena is associated with having a greater amount of consciousness. So for example, if a person is, let's say, an English major at UCLA, and the English major decides on a Friday night to go out and become inebriated with their favorite drink, Johnny Walker, and having a fifth of a gallon of Johnny Walker in their gut, they decide to go for a walk in the park. Hopefully they're not gonna to try to drive a car or anything. Now we take this English major from UCLA and in our hypothesis, ask them lots of questions prior to them imbibing the whiskey. They'll have a certain amount of consciousness, be aware of a certain number of things and have a certain repertoire of capabilities that are associated with that consciousness. Pop the Johnny Walker into them. And the next thing you know, that which they know has become far less that which they can become aware of has become far less and their repertoire of behaviors has become gravely restricted. So consciousness is a thing which if it is modulated, that means made greater, then there's greater capability associated with it. Consciousness made thinner or lesser or lower, less expansive, then there is lesser capability associated with that. We, all of us, have a variety of consciousness states through which we move on a daily basis. Sometimes more capable, sometimes less capable. If you've had a great night's sleep, you wake up in the morning, you're feeling fresh, then you have more consciousness at your disposal. At the end of a long day, let's give it a 15-hour day of working, of meeting demands, of meeting changes of expectation, of dealing with things, of having to be adaptive. You feel tired and ready for your horizontal rest of the night, then you're going to be less conscious at that time and your repertoire of capabilities is gravely decreased. And so we know that a rested physiology, a rested mind has more consciousness 
and therefore greater capability, a larger repertoire of creativity, intelligence, and staying power, and lesser consciousness, less of all those things. Now, in Vedic meditation, we have a technique whereby we can isolate consciousness by taking the active mind beyond its fascination with particulate thoughts. You know, this is not done, that's not done, I have to go here, I have to go there, I have to remember this, I have to remember that, I better do this, I better do that, I better speak these words in response to these questions and whatnot. And I have to be careful in how I speak and I have to think about my social relevance and I have to wonder what I'm wearing and I have to wonder if I'm gonna eat, and so on and so forth. All of that fascination with particulate thinking. We close our eyes, we practice an effortless, simple mental technique, Vedic meditation, we settle down into less active thought states until the state of least excitation of the mind is reached, transcending which, that means stepping beyond that, we experience consciousness isolated in its pure state. When the mind merges with that one indivisible whole unbounded consciousness field that is sitting there at the baseline of one's active awareness, but now we've gone, as it were, to the bottom of the lake and we're experiencing the one indivisible whole consciousness field without thought. The mind is experiencing consciousness knowing itself. Coming out from that, not only has deep physiological rest been gained in the body during that process, but the mind has had imprinted onto it that quality of pure consciousness. Pure consciousness in its absolute form is a field of all possibilities, the repertoire of behaviors that can emerge from that, the repertoire of capabilities grows dramatically. And so now we can start associating consciousness with repertoire of capability. We know that a flea is conscious. A flea will move away from too much heat or too much cold. A flea will move in the direction of a good bite where it can get some blood from a mammal. A flea has reproductive urges and so on. A flea has some kind of familial consciousness and has certain biological imperatives. But a flea presumably has access to less consciousness than the average human. And so there's flea consciousness and then there's average human consciousness. So which of these two consciousnesses has as a consequence of greater or lesser consciousness has greater or lesser capability? The answer, human. Human has the greater capability than the flea. Greater repertoire of capabilities, greater repertoire of behaviors, greater repertoire of experiences, and as it turns out, greater longevity too. And so then when we talk about consciousness, we're always talking about repertoire that comes out of consciousness, the capabilities, the behavioral orientation, the variety of experiences that can be had. And indeed, we want to go one more step, the variety of ways in which these experiences can be communicated. Consciousness is a very, very interesting topic. If you wish to be a master of consciousness, you have to know how to step beyond thought. And to step beyond thought is a ridiculously simple proposition. You learn Vedic meditation, close your eyes, and within a few minutes, you can isolate that field of consciousness and allow your individual mind to bathe in that thought-free, full repertoire 
infinite possibilities field, which lies there at the baseline of your thinking, the source of all your thoughts. Jai Gurudev.